This episode of the Busted Wide Open podcast is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe sites, a no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better media host or looking to start a new one from scratch, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress Deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO, or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month free. And with that said, enjoy the show. ¿Qué tal amigos? Les habla el cero miedo de la lucha libre, Pentagon Junior, para mandar un saludo a todos mis amigos de este podcast, y ya saben, puro cero miedo. You're listening to the Busted Wide Open Podcast. Dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling. With your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to the Patron Mailbag Series right here on YouTube with the Busted Wide Open Podcast. My name is Nick Howell. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous. And welcome, welcome, everybody, to listening to this show where we answer the questions that our patrons have sent us. And if you would like to send us a question to be answered on this show, then all you have to do is go to patreon.com forward slash BWO and sign up to be one of our wonderful, lovely, beautiful, gorgeous gracious mm. patrons that yes. contribute to us and help us to do this show that we love to do so very much. And Nick, I'm always excited to do this show because I love answering these questions. This is always a ton of fun. We so. always have. We all, we've always loved doing the listener questions as part of the show. Going into three years now of the Busted Wide Open podcast, and we wanted to take, uh, last month we made the decision to strategically take this out so that we could spend more time on it. That is what the patron mailbag is all about. Strategic. Strategery. Strategery. Yes. Yes. The ability for us to spend more time and give a, you know, a little bit more concentration on these than more some of the flippant answers that we might have given in the past because we were in a rush at the end of the show. No. Let's dedicate something for our patrons for all of their support over the years of this show and make sure that we give them time and the ability to ask questions. If you guys want to get in on some of that, patreon.com slash BWO. All you need is that $5, $5 tier and you can get your questions in every single week four to five times per month, depending on how the calendar lines up, all that good stuff. You also get access to show notes. At the $10 tier, you can get bonus episodes every month, all kinds of stuff, sweet swag, Skype calls. Some of you are getting to take advantage of those. Yeah. Thank you very much for all of your support, patrons. This series is for you, and we're happy to have everybody else come and hang out with us and listen to this as well. But the only way to get your questions in is to be a patron. So my name is Nick Howell. Thank you very much for joining us. Ian, how do we get started today? Do we just get right into this with our questions? Let's just jump right in the deep end and do this. Uh, all right. We're going to kick things off with our newest patron, uh, Brandon. Brandon asks, do you think adding MJF and Wardlow to the inner circle is making it too big for a faction where I think a faction should only max have five people? that's kind of an arbitrary number. Where's the maximum of five people coming from? Because DX had upwards of six at one point, didn't they? Well, the, the, there's the, always the five-person rule is you've got the like mid-size main guy who would be like your champ, right? Singles wrestler. 
Um, and then you've got your tag team. Then you have your cruiserweight, and you have your bruiser. That's where you get the five from. So actually, the, yeah. the, the five number makes a ton of sense, and that is kind of like, to me, that is the magic number for a faction as well because you can have someone who's doing a little bit of everything, right? It's the Ginyu yeah. Force number. So yeah. it's, yeah, five, five makes sense, but you can have more than five people and still have a lot of fun with the faction, I think. Just look at New Japan, um, where you can have just, you know, an army, and it's a lot of fun. You know, the, the corporation back in the day was like a grip of people, and it was sure. fun as hell. Um, especially when you have kind of the more like, you know, tertiary members on the outside kind of wanting to become more important in the faction, then it becomes actually like a, a hierarchy, and you can have storylines within the faction itself, and that can be sure. a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, the faction but, uh, breaking down or it having, sure. uh, you know, inner turmoil and things like that. But if you want to have a unified faction, I think five is a really strong number. Yeah. Um, but I agree with him here. Bigger than that, it's going to get a little bit bloated, uh, the inner circle. And I think that adding MGF and Wardlow is going to make it, it's going to make it overpowered. It's going to make it bloated. Uh, I, I agree. It, may, it would make it too big, which is why I think they intentionally did not have them join the inner circle. There was the hug between MJF and Jericho where it seemed like they were on the same page. Mostly over their hatred of Cody. Exactly. That's that's yeah. kind of where I was going with that. Is it wasn't really like a welcome to the inner circle thing so much as it was Cody's a dick. Um so yeah, I yeah, don't It wasn't like trying to get Roddy to put the undisputed armband on, you know, it, it, it wasn't that on the nose. It there was this they left it percolating a little bit and right. we'll see where it goes. Yeah. So I I don't think that it's I don't think it's doom and gloom yet. It's not yeah. they they haven't over overstacked the inner circle yet. And frankly, if they do, I think there's a way for them to tell that story where you can have dissension within the group. Because I think, again, once you get beyond a certain point, then you they get to the point where you can start telling stories within the faction. So you could actually have some very entertaining storylines happen within the inner circle. Um, you know, MJF trying to become the new leader and Jericho trying to maintain control. You could actually have some very interesting storylines with that where I don't think that that would necessarily be a negative thing if it got that big. So No. I'm hoping it turns into more something like uh, a Shawn Michaels and Diesel kind of thing. You know, I want I want Wardlow to be this enforcer that supports MJF's singles competition. Right. I don't I don't necessarily want them uh, to be in the inner circle per se. Yeah, I, I don't either. But I'm saying if they do join the inner circle, if they do make that part of the storyline, I think there's a way to tell that story that would be interesting. So agreed, agreed. Thank you very much, Brandon. Welcome to the phenomenal ones. Thank you for your patronage, uh, very very much. Next up, we've got Will. Will asks, I only just started watching New Japan for the G1 earlier this year. Yeah. Mostly thanks to you guys. Thank you, Will. Thank you. Uh, glad to have you on the New Japan yeah. train. It took me a while, too, for the, for the record, but I've been on the train for a couple years now, thanks to Sir Ian Dangerous. Uh, he says, but he hasn't really watched much since the G1. Uh, the site is weird to navigate, and some things show up on a delay. Can we get a brief idiot's guide for what to go watch that's happened since the G1? Um, the best way to look, I mean, it is, I agree with him. It is really tough if you're not used to the new Japan schedule to kind of wrap your head around it. And it basically, the way that it works is you have big shows and then you have road to shows between there. And then, you know, you have tournaments. Um, but when you're actually on the new Japan, uh, app, it is a little bit tougher cause they just throw stuff up there. Sometimes just totally randomly. Usually, They'll have like the new section will be um, in chronological reverse chronological order. 
Yeah. Um, but what you can do is go to the New Japan site, uh, njpw1972.com, and there they have both the schedule, which is upcoming shows, and results, which is the previous shows. And you just look for um, the big shows, not the Road 2 shows, uh, but for instance, like Power Struggle or King of Pro Wrestling. King of Pro Wrestling was a great show, for example, uh, that just happened since the G1. Uh, the Destruction Tour, they did Destruction in Kobe, Destruction in Kagoshima. Um, and, um, you know, then they had the two tournaments that are going on as well. And they had like a couple of, um, uh, like tours through the U S. Um, so depending on how much you want to digest of new Japan, you can either watch all of that, which is a lot. Um, or you can just watch the major shows like King of pro wrestling power struggle. And the next major show is going to be wrestle kingdom. And, um, you know, we if you can want- tag league first. Or going on this weekend. But again, I'm saying like just if you want to watch the major shows, not the tournaments, yeah. for example. Yeah, sure. yeah, Even yeah, though there's yeah. a lot of storyline that happens there, part of the problem with New Japan is if you don't watch every single episode, you're going to miss some nuance because that's just how they run their shows where you'll have, whether it's a little moment between two wrestlers or even like a, a quick promo after a match, just little things can set up whole feuds for months. And um, if you miss one show, you miss it. You know what I mean? Which is unfortunate yeah, that that's how they do it. If you missed King of Pro Wrestling, you, know, you missed all kinds of good stuff uh, that happened. You know, with Jericho coming back to challenge, you've got uh, the return of Takahashi. So uh, lots of stuff going on in there. That wasn't King of Pro Wrestling, but yes, I know, that, that's, I know what you're saying. That was, uh, that, was the, uh, that was Power Struggle. That was what just happened. I'm sorry, Power Struggle. Thank um, you. Yeah, no, it's not. It's not already. But... Um, yeah, so that's that's kind of the problem with with trying to keep up with New Japan is knowing which show is going to be valuable to watch if Case you only have point. so much time, <laughs> right? And 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 trying to keep up on which which one to watch, and um, you know, it's it's built for in in Japan. You watch one promotion, like typically people don't they're not fans of multiple promotions. You watch one promotion, you watch everything that comes out with that promotion, and there's enough content for you to stay constantly entertained. The downside of that is if you're in America and you're trying to keep up with multiple things at once and you're trying to keep up with everything that's going on in Japan is very time consuming. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as far as like, you know, if you just want to watch a good New Japan show, King of Pro Wrestling was really good. Power Struggle was really good. Surprisingly good. Um, and, um, you know, maybe check out a couple of the tournament matches. Uh, the, uh, the junior tagline was really entertaining with, uh, with what happened with Osprey and and um, El Fantasmo and that. So it was, there are a couple things to watch, but with, again, with New Japan, um, if you miss like a couple of road twos, don't stress it because even if you yeah. do miss, you know, an event, there, Kevin Kelly's been really good at summarizing the last like month or so of storyline at the start of an important match. Well, this all started because this happened and then he, t- he didn't like that and so he said this and that's where we are today. He's really good at that. So you can pick up just by watching the major shows. And again, you can go to their website and check out when those major shows are coming up um, if, you just, if you only want to stick to the major shows, which is probably the easiest way to watch New Japan, to be honest with you. Yeah. Here's what I'll tell you. The big, their WrestleMania is Wrestle Kingdom that starts. Uh, it's, it's, and for oh, the first boy. time, it's going to be a two-day affair. Oh, I've, actually book, I've booked time off for this in advance just to make sure because I don't remember ever watching a pay-per-view that was two days. Uh, but the amount of stuff that's going into this, I mean, I guess you could count takeovers and whatever. Uh, but January 4th, 
January 5th, two-day Wrestle Kingdom. It is their WrestleMania-esque event. And believe me, leading a week or two leading up to we're about six weeks out from there. So a week or so leading up to that, there's going to be all kinds of explainer videos and promos and all kinds of stuff that either Kevin Kelly or somebody's going to put together to, to catch you up on all of the storyline going into, because there's a lot. Uh, everything's circling around the, the, the both the Intercontinental and the IWGP Heavyweight Championship is madness right now. And a lot of that is the results that came out of the G1 and what's transpired since. But those th- that's the big one. That's the one you want to make sure that you're prepared for. The other intermediary stuff is kind of ebbs and flows, as Ian was describing. But January 4th, January 5th, make sure you've got uh, got that on your calendars and you flip your sleep schedule <laughs> upside yeah. down so that you can <laughs> oh stay God. up all night and watch both of those nights. Uh, but, yeah, just be prepared for that one. Amen. All right. Thank you very much, Will. Uh, and we will certainly keep you up to date on all the New Japan happenings right here on the show, as we always do between now and then. Uh, next up, Patrick asked, if you guys had to recast the... Oh, God. Oh, boy. This could be fun. If you guys had to recast the original Star Wars trilogy with current wrestlers, <laughs> which wrestlers would you cast? Uh, my head just exploded. Um, can I take a shot at this? Yeah, I mean, go for it, because I'm my gears are turning right now. And for the record, I, I didn't look at these before we, we read them. It's kind of half the fun. Okay. Chad Gable is as Luke. Okay. Eli Drake is Han. Um, Leia is, let's see, Leia, Alexa Bliss. Alexa, I was going to say Alexa she's Bliss. Little yeah. and she's, she's little and she's snarky. Yeah. Um, Chewbacca, uh, Baba Tunde. <laughs> the tall, Killian Dane. First tall guy. No, that, that, he has to be tall, not just hairy. Come on now. All right. All right. I went Baba Tunde. You, put a, you can put hair on him. How about you skin Killian Dane? And put his skin don't on Baba. Don't skin Tunde. him, shave him. Oh God, just that's the that's not. They, they don't skin people in Star Wars unless you're a Tauntaun. But I they, was gonna say, <laughs> skin him. We're we're skin it's him. November now. We don't talk about skinning people anymore. You horror freak. What? <laughs> well, you can't shave him. There's they haven't made a razor strong enough to shave that man. That's true. That's true. Yeah. The weed whacker. Bring the weed whacker back. Bring the from weed CZW. whacker. I dude. <laughs> oh, that reminded that CZW weed whacker. Did you see that? Oh yes. God, that still makes me cringe. Um, <laughs> uh, okay, so <laughs> poor Killian Dane. Uh, Vader. Who plays Vader? Okay. Oh, oh, oh! No, no, no! I've got it. Okay, so all right. So I've got half of it. Um, okay. I. Um, so as we know, Darth Vader was played by two people, right? You yes. had uh, you had um, uh, David Prowse inside. And then you had James Earl Jones playing the voice. Yep. So David Prowse was picked to be that to be that because of his imposing stature. He was a big, strong guy. He was a former bodybuilder, uh, taller than everyone else on set. He was six four, but his voice was this light little reedy thing. If you've ever heard uh, Star Wars actually be done live on set, he sounds like, "Oh, take me to your rebel base." It sounds like that. It's horrible. <laughs> um, and uh, so they, you have to have a voice for Vader here. Yeah. So that you you put Drew McIntyre in the suit because he has the, he walks like Vader, doesn't he? He's yes. got that imposing scare. The Terminator the, walk, yes. The voice is obvious. Damian, Damian Priest. Priest. Yes. Bam. <laughs> Bam. Take me Bam. to the leader. Oh, it's so it's so easy. So oh. Uh. Um, I find your lack of faith disturbing. 
Uh, obviously, Vince McMahon has to play the emperor. Obviously. Oh, of course. Obviously. Um, Give in to your anger, pal. Come to the dark side. <laughs> and uh, I, I don't know. Arn Anderson as Obi-Wan Kenobi. He's got the beard. I'll, I'll throw a Braun Strowman as a Chewbacca contender in there as well. Yeah. You know? <laughs> he does got to go. Rawr, rawr, rawr. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then, uh, I don't know, Drake Maverick is Yoda. Mm. Or Hornswoggle. Hornswoggle is Yoda. Oh, God. Okay. All right, we're going I'm off not, the rails now. I, I love all those. We can keep going. That's fantastic. Um, who would I, So I'm thinking of like 3PO. I'm thinking of uh, Ewoks. Hornswoggle would be an Ewok op for obvious reasons. Well, Hornswoggle would probably. I'm not making little people jokes, but, you know. Well, no, nah, not really. I mean, it, you know, he could be like the Warwick Davis of the wrestling Star Wars, where sure. he plays like multiple parts. He could play R2, he could play uh, the Ewok, and whatever. Multiple parts. And then he can go play who, Willow in another movie. Uh, who plays. Who is the Sarlacc pit? Don't make me say it, Nick. Don't Come make on. me say it. Don't Do make it. me say it. No. Do it. No. Turn around and look yeah. at your wall. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, you say it, not me. I'm not getting myself in trouble for that. Uh, no. All right. So no. moving on. Moving on. That's Yes. Uh, cast, thank you very cast, much, Patrick. Cast Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Next up, Jacob. Even though CM Punk is only back for backstage... Who are three superstars you would like to see him face, main roster or NXT? Also three from AEW. Uh, so who three? what three superstars would we like to see CM Punk face, even though he's not going to wrestle on WWE again, just to be clear? Oh, that's not yeah. going to happen. Um, who, who would we like to see? So, uh, people were joking that he was the one in the dog costume this week on yesterday on SmackDown. I'm just like, no, he's not. Oh, Stop no. it. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, would be, that would be gold. If he were, he did say he wanted to come back and only just a mask if he was ever going to wrestle again. Yeah, I mean, you have Roman Reigns do a spear on the mascot and the head falls yeah. off and it's CM yeah. Punk under there. Yeah. And it was it was clearly EC3 under that mask, by the of way. Course. Of course. Of course it was. Um, who three superstars I'd want to see him face? Well, he's already faced Samoa Joe before, but, you know, modern Joe with the promo stuff would be great, but I don't, Joe's out injured right now. Uh, I can only imagine the promos those two would have today. Just, right. Wow. Just, well, him and Daniel Bryan again. Uh, yeah. Modern, modern Daniel Bryan versus modern CM Punk, like which just with all of the angst they both have, would be a lot of fun. Uh, Punk Nakamura. I want to see everyone versus Nakamura. I'm a Punk Nakamura. Alistair Black. Punk Alistair Black. Alistair Black would make him look like a joke though with those with his legit strikes though. I don't know. I I would be curious to see it. They I think they you'd get lost because all the tattoos would be just be hard to see what's actually happening. You know what I mean? You kind of like lose, like you, you know, get like blurry vision. Yeah, be like uh, having a whole bunch of emojis thrown at the screen. Like, what's Punk happening? Andrade would be good. Punk Andrade would be really good. Yeah, that would be really good. I'm trying to think of similar stature, similar style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he has had good matches against bigger, uh, bigger guys before, but, um, I mean, really, I would be more excited to see him go to AEW. Um, just because of the promos, you know, him and Jericho alone, just him and Jericho with the, the build to that would be amazing or him and Cody, you know, they probably wouldn't be amazing matches, but the build and the promos would be where it's at. 
I, I just can't imagine the size of the check Fox had to write to get him to come back and do, you know. He, he goofy, said he was only a goofy, a, a goofy backstage show. Like he's he doing. said, it was only going to be for a lot of money. So, wow. And apparently, he got it. Uh, AEW. Uh, we mentioned Cody and and Jericho. Anybody else that sticks out that's maybe not like super top of the card? Um, yeah, I, I, I. We'd be interested in a Sean Spears or something like that. Uh, him and Pac or him and, and, uh, Hangman Reigns. Hangman wouldn't be a bad match. I think that, but the problem is that Punk would just destroy Hangman on the mic and charisma wise. He's just got him destroyed. Hangman's not, he's not there to cut promos. I think Pac could hang with him though. I think Pac could. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That would be a fantastic series to see those two go at each other. Whew. Oh yeah, I'm getting the tinglys thinking about that. I didn't think oh, I geez. would, but th- thank you, Patrick. That's a uh, that's a oh him and I'm sorry, Pentagon, uh, Jacob. That was Jacob's question. Pentagon Junior. Oh, I mean, obviously the promos wouldn't really be there on Pentagon's side, but the match would be great. Probably a great work match. Cero miedo. Yep. Thank you, Jacob. Uh, next up, Dominic. Hey guys, let's say you are part of WWE Creative and someone hands you a folder with four words written on it. Shorty G, fix it. What would you do? I would start. I would, first of all, I'd call him Chad Gable. Yes. Um, <laughs> I just stop calling him Shorty G for one thing. Um, did that whole thing basketball makes, gear, makes me like whatever the hell's going on? The, with I'm that. not even mad at the basketball gear. Like that's that's some John Cena stuff. Like it, you know, it's it, just the. Is this is this their version of trying to take? No, it's not. I'm, I'm even answering my own questions. Like, how would I fix it? Like, I if you go back to the Kurt Angle time from a couple of years ago, I, you you took the words out of my mouth, and you did the whole story with Jason Jordan being like the long lost son of Kurt Angle and stuff like. Like, I'm not saying make him his son, but make Kurt Angle like his Olympic wrestling coach or something along those lines where he's in. Chad Gable's corner and you really got to have him win some matches and make it about the fact that he's getting coaches coaching from the Olympian the two-time gold medal Olympic wrestler Kurt Angle that is pushing him over all of these things and push him up to a title legitimize him strap him somehow and you know the American Alpha run was fantastic with him and Jason Jordan great tag team and I, I think that was, but I mean, he never really got that time that Jason Jordan did, yeah, because of the whole, you know, dad. Well, and the way that Jason Jordan lost dad thing, right? And like, and part of that that thing was like, huh, isn't it funny? You know, Kurt's son uh, doesn't look anything like Kurt. I'll put it that way. You know what I mean? Like that was part of the <laughs> joke of it. Whereas Gable was like, would have been the obvious choice for that because of just his lineage and style as much as anything. And I, I, I really wish Jason Jordan was still wrestling because that guy was talented as hell. And my God, he was good and he was getting over. But now in hindsight, being 2020, it's like Chad Gable should have gotten that spot because Jason Jordan got injured. Obviously there's no way you could have predicted that. Um, and that would have been a huge push for the guy, but even having him, despite that pushing him as a Kurt Angle like character where, you know, he's kind of goofy, but he goes out there and insults the crowd, but just thinks he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. Um, I mean, honestly, if you we, – we call out all the time that the WWE rehashes history, and sometimes 
that can be a good thing if it's done right. And yeah. if you if you take notes from history with how they got Kurt Angle over and do that with Chad Gable, he's got every skill set that Kurt had. Every single one. The only thing he doesn't have is the height. And that's the only thing he doesn't have going for him. Um, and in today's modern wrestling, I don't know if that's as much of a hindrance because I would say that Kurt, relative to the size of the average wrestler back in the day, was the size that Gable is relative to the average wrestler now in WWE. Maybe he was a bit bigger, but, you know, but I don't still. know if the audience interaction is at the level that it was during that stuff with Kurt in the 98, 99, 2000 time frame. That's a good point, yeah. Uh, you might not, that where, might not get the same reaction. that's what made Kurt's rise so meteoric. The absolute heel heat that he got from that crowd. The vitriol and hatred and the posters and the boos and all of that. It doesn't exist anymore, unfortunately. I mean, the, you know what? The, one of the most ama- and this is a quick aside. One of the most amazing things that I love to do is go back and watch stuff from '98 to 2000, and not because it's the Attitude Era. Don't get me wrong here, but if you go back and you just watch an episode of Raw or SmackDown, look at how many posters are in the crowd. Everybody's on their feet. Everybody's either cheering or booing. They're, nobody's just sitting there. There's not right. a lot of times where you see a crowd at a WWF event just sitting there doing nothing. And that's one of the things that really just stands out to me. So if you take, I don't know that that would work in today's world if you did that with Gable. I mean, we see what happened with Corbin this week on or last night on SmackDown, and he was getting some serious boos. Yeah, but that's I feel like that's go away heat. I feel like that's people just like just shitting on the segment and King Corbin altogether. Part it's of the not thing, the kind yeah. of stuff you want. Well, part of the thing that worked with Kurt was that he was like seemingly innocently oblivious to his own obnoxiousness, You're whereas right. Corbin revels in it. And that was one of the things that people liked kind of teasing Kurt was Kurt was like, what, guys, what? I'm just trying to, I, I'm genuinely trying here. Like, I genuinely believe in myself. You know, it was a little bit of that, almost that believe kind of thing that they couldn't get to work sure. either. But I think that Chad Gable could absolutely murder at that. Um, and he's definitely got the wrestling chops to back it up, which was the whole thing with Kurt, was that you wanted him to go out there and be a goofball and then fail, but he would go out there and beat the crap out of people because he yep. could, because he was that good. Um, and that really worked. That that was that worked for him as a face or a heel, and he went back and forth over the years. So, you know, that following that kind of mindset of being a guy who can be a little bit dorky, but then go out there and murder you in the ring. Uh, is something that, you know, and I think that's that's something that they're kind of going for by naming him Shorty G, like giving him an air of goofiness, but then he's actually legitimately good in the ring. That's kind of what they're going for here. But the problem is because it has that mean-spirited uh, edge to it where you do feel like creative has some sort of bullying angle on calling him Shorty G, right, where it's something that just amuses Vince, and it's, again, this culture of humiliation as humor, uh, I think that ultimately that's what's not connecting with this particular way of going about it. And if the goofy nebbishness doesn't get over or get annoying on its own, it's never going to work when you try to do the flip like they did with the ruthless aggression stuff uh, w- with Kurt. So I, that ultimately led to the you know the yeah. you suck thing being so huge. So all of that, I don't. I don't know if it would work in today's environment. Twenty years removed from that, I, the WWE universe has changed with wrestling, and I don't know if there's an appetite for that kind of stuff anymore. Because we, it's it's hard enough getting them to cheer. 
uh, in, right. today, in today's arena. So, well, one thing's one thing's for sure. If you make someone a badass, people are gonna like it. I mean, look yes. how they're look how they're what they're doing in AEW. People get over. You make them look like a badass. They get more over, and just continue with that. You don't just you know stuff them down to the bottom of the car because you don't like that Rusev Day got over. Uh, oh, sorry, did I bring up something specific? Um, so yeah, it's it's something where if you'd had him go out there and get bullied and then just murder people, it, he would have gotten over. You didn't have to change yeah. his name. You didn't have to change his outfit. Just have him go out there, take all this guff from everybody, and just go out there. And, all right, cool. You can, you're going to call me short all this stuff. Cool. Guess what? I'm Chad Emmer, Mother F and Gable and just have him murder dudes in the ring, and he would have gotten over. Yep. Yep, I agree. There's a lot that you could do. I, you know what? I'm skeptically optimistic. I'll, I'll throw that one on there on the Shorty G thing. I think they can pull this off, but they've got to have him beating dudes. He's got to have signature wins over yeah. people. And, and so far, they, he's been looking good. They, they build him as being a guy who can win, but the same with Ali, too, where it's sure. a stop-start thing. They have to totally just not stop. Start. Yeah, don't stop. Thank you very much, Dominic. That's a good one. Uh, next up, Martin asks, who is your or what is your favorite wrestling trope and which do you hate the most? Ooh. So Ooh. Also, when, when are we getting part two of Nick's fantasy booking? Uh, soon, trademark. Oh, God. I don't know if I have enough alcohol in my house. Yeah, it's, it's um, not just about me writing it. It's about Ian's mental state. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and I have to give him... Uh, when did we do that? August? I have to give him a little more than three months <laughs> to recover from the previous yeah, one. Yeah, my right eye is still twitching slightly from the last time. Let me let me say this. I'll put this out there. Before Royal Rumble. Okay. All right. I'll brace I'm, myself. I'm hoping, I'm, I'm hoping for December, but we are moving the studio again uh, in December in about three, four weeks. Again. Out of, out of your mind. Bigger space. I've outgrown this place already, so we got to get a bigger space. <laughs> There's so much going on in this place. Uh, but at the same time, I'm still living in a cave in LA and you're getting a mansion. It's unbelievable. <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, favorite wrestling, least favorite wrestling trope. Well, I, okay. So, uh, um, I'm gonna start with one that I hate and it's one that continues to happen all the time, which is, uh, in the middle of the show. And this is very much WWE, but I've seen it happen other times, but usually they explain it. And in WWE, they rarely explain it. They did for a while, but they're, they're, they're haphazard with it. And that is, um, you're in the middle of something on the show, someone comes out to interrupt, and all of a sudden, a match just happens. Right. Right? Yeah. And there's no explanation for it. It's just like, well, here's a match. And you're sitting there going, wait, what? What What was your guy's plan to do on the show before this? Like, Back if from I was commercial, running- now made official, we have a six-man tag match. Why? What? How? I, I mean, there, you know, there was a time where it was like, you know what, where, where you, Teddy Long would come out and he would make the matches, right? You had an authority figure, a GM, and they would, they would get it done. And it was like, okay, that's how the system works. It's still, it never quite, I know it's wrestling, it's not a real sports show, but it's amazing how much more seriously people can take a show if you just add certain little details of just little details of things that make it feel more like it lives in the real world. And if you really did have a sports show, you would have it where you knew what matches were happening, right? And if you were like, well, there may be some random matches that happen, 
then you would have space. Okay, well, it's not going to happen right now because we have to wait for that space on the show to come up, right? It can't just suddenly, well, we're going to do this now. Yeah. Um, so that's a trope that, that, that tends to drive me absolutely insane. And it's, it's a nitpick little thing, but every time it's like, oh, okay, I guess we're just going to have a match now. All right. You know, that, that's, one that, that's one that makes me nuts. My, um, my most hated is, is, easy to, is easier to figure out. Um, it's low blows. Really? I, really? I I'm not a fan. No, not a so fan. You must, have, you must have hated the Nakamura-AJ Styles feud. Yeah, we both did. Well, I yeah, I just did, I'm saying it didn't get me quite as badly as it must have you. You hate low no, blows. It, it's, it's just one of the things over the years. You guys, I'm sportsmanship. I like all that kind of stuff. All right. So I, I just don't really, I don't really want to see people. I, look, fine, getting a cheap one in while so rake of the eyes, uh, something along those lines, fine. But if you just the low blow stuff, and it's it's the running gag of the referee was distracted or looking away, so I'm going to punch him in the balls so that I can get some kind of healy advantage. I mean, there's other ways to do that, and I just I feel like low blows, you know, I, I just, it's childish. <laughs> That's a very specific one, Nick. It is. Actually, it's, I thought of another just, one. It's it's kind of childish. That's all. I, I I thought of another. Well, well, it's my point some of the time. Another yeah. one of mine. I hate. I hate. Someone popping up from underneath the ring and dragging someone to hell. I hate that. I hate that. It's so stupid. You're hiding under the ring. It's not a doorway to hell. I know that that's like kayfabe and WWE. It's a, Bye, it's, a doorway to, it's a doorway to hell. That's dumb. That's stupid. That is just... Can I, that's can I not ask even, an honest question? Yes. What if it really was? A doorway to hell. What if, what if in WWE 2K20 or a, a future game... That that was like a side part of the game. Like you would have to go down and wrestle Satan, like or like Mortal like Kombat, where you're like, you, yeah, if you do it a certain way, you yes. go to a different stage, kind of thing. Yes, I would be that so would down be for awesome. that. That'd be badass. I'd be so down for that. Just not in my damn wrestling matches. And the only people down there are like Kane, the Fiend, the Boogeyman. <laughs> you have to go through this gauntlet of of right. superstars to get to Satan. And it's just, I and hate Satan's it. Satan's down there in a pair of wrestling trunks or a singlet or something. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it so much. I know. I it's it's ridiculous. Um, favorite wrestling trope. I, I yep. mean, it's it's kind of an obvious one, um, but it's the baby face coming back from adversity and winning. And yeah. the longer stories, yeah, the yeah, the longer and more painful their struggle and journey to get to that final win, uh, the better it is. But I feel like that's probably my favorite because to me that is sort of the pinnacle of. Wrestling is the the babyface finally overcoming the heels dastardly shit and winning is the basis of the whole thing, <laughs> right? Like that's what people went to see. That was the catharsis. Was the good guy finally triumphing over evil? Um, no better story than Daniel Bryan. Uh, in, I in don't know. I just in my opinion, modern era, yeah. But there's been tons and tons of really good ones. It's okay. Tons of throw, good. Tons of good. Throw a few out there. What are you thinking? Uh, well, I mean, uh, you could you could talk about Hogan and Andre. You could talk about uh, Stone Cold and Mr. McMahon, um, Dusty Rhodes and Ric Flair. Uh, the, the tons of them, man. Like uh, even like the even, uh, Sami Zayn, another modern one, right? Kept losing in NXT, and when he finally won, it was such a big deal, and it was just like, oh, that's so awesome! What a great moment, yeah. right? Those are the moments that you just kind of go, uh, uh. uh Terry Funk, when he gave his famous speech, right? Like, there's all of those, um, there's all of those fantastic moments. That's what people go there for, 
is to have that moment of celebration when your good guy finally wins, when when the right guy when the the right thing finally happens. Yeah. Um, and Kofi it is earlier this year, you know. Kofi, yeah. Well, until they screwed the back end of that up. Well, I'm not talking about that part. I'm talking about the win at the the win, the win and the at, build the win up to WrestleMania, WrestleMania. coming God. out of Elimination Chamber all the way yep. up to Mania. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. That to me is that's by far and away my favorite trope, and it's and it's simply because that's the reason we watch this. Yeah. You know what I mean? That integrates to other storylines, but that's like those when we say like when wrestling is good, it's really good. That's the times it's really good when they nail a storyline when the right thing finally happens. It can even be like not even like a babyface win, but just when the right thing happens to cap a storyline. You just go, ah, ah, so good. Because it does, we all we all OD'd on that at uh, WrestleMania this year, and then yeah. it's it's kind of led to the what we've had for the rest of the year. Frankly, <laughs> maybe maybe that's maybe that's maybe that's a, a, a you ha- you make a good case there. But I mean, yeah. there is that there is that um, that release right of endorphins that that happens with live sporting events that you don't necessarily always get with say like a TV show or something. You kind of get it, but like that sure. rush that rush of a live event. And the live physicality, I think it's one of the reasons why people enjoy wrestling so much is that when that happens, my God, that endorphin rush is so addictive and it's such a good feeling. People will come back. People will sit there and watch SmackDown and Raw week after week because once upon a time, they got that from John Cena beating somebody or Stone Cold beating up Mr. McMahon or CM Punk beating John Cena in Chicago. Whatever it was, they got that fix one time. And they keep going back and putting up with all this crap over and over and over again to get it again. So, yeah, that's mm. that's my favorite trope. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, underdog babyface storyline for sure, and and long term storyline. I would I would add to just overcoming adversity infinitely to to get to. And, and I think Daniel Bryan is probably my favorite example to call out. But all the the gauntlet that he had to go through, the the taking over Raw, uh, Occupy Raw thing with the Yes Movement and leading up to that three-way gauntlet that he had to go through at WrestleMania for the championship at 30. Yeah. Brilliantly done. Uh, I would love to shake the hand of whoever put that whole Daniel Bryan run together. Just fantastic. Uh, <laughs> I don't know that it was entirely intentional, but yeah. Yeah, that's true. Uh, thank you very much, Martin. Next up, we got Andy Champ Champ. By the way, quick aside, you guys are showing up. I see you cutting all those promos on each other, and I am a fan of it. Yep. Good Keep stuff. it up. You got another week to 10 days. Keep it up. Let's go. I want to see it. I'm glad you guys are showing up. Thanks for doing all those. Next up, uh, all right, question. Why is someone like Seth Rollins with all the tools to be the best in the game, one of the worst faces in the game? He doesn't connect and really never had connected with the fans. Is this more of an indication that WWE can't book faces than Seth being an ass on Twitter. Uh, wait, hold on a second. Never a had, question in there. Never connected with the fans. Seth absolutely had a period there where he was massively over, massively over. Those burn it downs were so loud. There was absolutely a period where they had a number one baby face in the palms of their hands, and uh, and I will agree with with champ champ that that Seth has all the tools he was given all the tools and ha- like everything's been falling off since and part of it has been how he's been acting on Twitter 
whether it was telling Osprey that he's richer than him or whether it was acting like a jerk about the Becky Lynch thing or talking smack to fans or whatever, yeah. towing the company line, all the all the things he's done on Twitter that were stupid. Um, Stay off Twitter. Seriously. Uh, but, you know, it. That's a. I think that's a very small part. It's also how he's been booked. Uh, and I think that the largest part is that WWE, and I'm going to agree with him here, cannot book faces. They ha- they're terrible at booking faces. Either they have to make them like Hulk Hogan's Superman, like comic book Superman, um, or they make them just like the, the dorkiest, uh, dumbest, most like naive, ridiculous catchphrase spews and dorks. And sometimes they do a little bit of both, right? And it's it's mind it's mind numbing. It's mind blowing. Um, I actually would argue that. Seth's extracurricular stuff would not have affected him so badly if he was still being booked like a badass. Um, yeah. and, and that was the thing. He went from... What were we just saying about Chad Gable? You book someone like a badass, people, are gonna, people like badasses. Seth Rollins is not being booked like a badass right now. He's being booked like a dumb face who's just kind of a walking... A chump. Well, I guess I'm just going to survive and prevail. Do, 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 do. And then I'm going to burn it down. Do, do, G do. golly williker. G golly willikers. Sure do love you guys here and wherever the heck I am. Yep. Well, I'm gonna, I guess I'm going to go burn it down now, guys. Uh, survive and prevail. <laughs> Curb stomp. Uh, and it's, it's, it's not working for him. You know, if you have him as, uh, like, the, the even leading up to him versus Brock, where, like, where he was like the dragon slayer. Like he did a couple of dumb things, but at the end of the day, he beat Brock and he beat him again. Was that because Brock, did people love that Brock lost or did they love that Seth won? Probably a combination of both because Seth was really over when he first beat him. Yeah. Uh, And that was probably the height of the burn it down, you know, excitement. Yeah. I'd say like, like over the beginning of the summer, like people were really, really hyped on Seth. Um, even last year, oh my God, last year this time, remember how loud the burn it downs were? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yep, yep, yep. I wasn't last, wasn't it last year at this time? I'm trying to remember if this was when he was, uh, it was, yeah, it was when he and Ambrose were teaming up before they split up and they went into that garbage heel angle, which is where things really started to take a turn. Um, anyway, so yeah, I, I don't, I, I think that it's partly Seth, but people have done worse and been, you know, dumber in social media and still maintained their overness. Yeah. <laughs> Chris Jericho. And uh, you know, I think this is just an example of WWE once again not knowing how to book a cool babyface. Yeah. Perfect. I have nothing else to add. That's fantastic. There you Thank go. you, champ, champ. Uh, next up, Esme Standin Bear. Hello, Podfathers. <laughs> Did I show you guys the picture of what I got for, uh, for my birthday? Uh, I don't remember if I did or not. You I don't remember I don't remember if I showed, showed me. You didn't I don't believe you showed YouTube, no. All right. I have to show you guys real quick because she just said what she just said. Oh God. Brace yourselves. It's uh So I got this as a some of you guys might not know fully, but I run Orbital Jigsaw, which is the host network of Busted Wide Open and many other podcasts that are out there. Um so I've been doing podcasting for almost ten years now. And uh, for my birthday this year, my lovely girlfriend got me this. And we all died. We love it. He'll make you an offer you can't refuse. 
Tell him Luca Brasi sleeps uh, with the fishes. Yeah. He'll wake up with a horse head in his bed. Yeah. Uh, doesn't Conrad have copyright on that? What, having Seriously? a horse head in your bed? No. Oh, God. Uh, does he have a copyright on Podfather? He might, actually. Oh, he God. Might. Sorry, sorry, Nick. That one's taken. DMCA takedown notice incoming, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys might get this. Good thing you tuned in live. Yeah. You might not get we to love you, Conrad. One. Please don't screw yeah. us over. Yeah. don't. It's it's a fun, loving gift from my girlfriend. It's not yeah. intentional to hey, go at, come after you. Live and let live, buddy. Uh, uh, I'll make you an offer you can't refuse. Uh, she, she says, hello, Podfathers. First, I want to say that listening to this podcast has encouraged me to support more local wrestling, which is yes. surprisingly cheap to attend 98% of the time. Yes, it is. True. Very true. Thank you so much for opening my mind to other things besides WWE. Dude, absolutely. You're That's Very welcome. Love, we do, love that we do that for folks. Support local wrestling. Yes. Just, Where, that, wherever you are, there is there is wrestling there. And it's you can really... And it's it's a lot of times it's really fun to see your local wrestlers suddenly get really big, and then you know your boys all of a sudden are on major TV, and you're like, oh my god, I remember when. A lot so. of these little bumpers that we have that we play at the beginning of the show from wrestlers are from mostly PWG, but local stuff that we would have there in LA before they really blew up, right? Yeah. And we would just walk up to them, buy a T-shirt they, when they hang out at the side chat of the with, ring, chat with them, like, talk with them, hang out with yeah. them, yeah, and you know just rap with them a little bit. It's it's yep. fun. Uh, now on to the question, she says. What are some unfinished storylines and feuds that may have disappeared mysteriously that you wish had a proper ending? Uh, Who raised the briefcase? Who raised the briefcase? King of the Ring 99, I think, is when it was. Uh, Steve, Steve Austin gets to the top of the ladder, goes for the briefcase, and someone raised the briefcase. And they never said who. I didn't remember that. That's oh my god! You just totally jarred my memory. Did I blow your I, mind? I, I had no. I completely forgotten about that. Yeah. Oh yeah. What? God. Who raised the damn briefcase? Um, uh, what are unfinished storylines and feuds that may have disappeared mysteriously <laughs> that you wish had a proper ending? Um, look, as terrible as it was, I would have liked to have seen a proper like. Had they done it properly, Seth and Dean, I would have liked to have seen. You know, fallen, fallen out brothers. They they drug out the whole shield breakup thing a little bit too long, and then they tried to bring it, and they did bring it all back. But then they Roman went off and did his thing, and Seth and Dean ended up being tag partners. But then Dean turned on him. The Dean turn on Seth was extremely well done. We praised that here on the show, the way that they did it, and especially when they did it on the night that Roman made his big announcement. So. Had they run that out and it didn't turn into gas masks and needles in the butt, Ugh. I think that could have been. Look at what Moxley's doing now. Can you imagine if you had had Seth if they just let him super, if they just super let him do over babyface yeah. that he was six months ago versus the Moxley that we've got right now? The things that we now know Dean has come out and said on Jericho's podcast that he wanted to do with that character. I, I that's one that I am still unsettled about that is unfinished to me that I wish it had a, a proper run. Right. Because they could have done some magic with those two. Yeah, I would have loved to see the, the Nexus storyline play out better. Um, uh, that's a good one. Yeah. You know, the Nexus Before one. Before CM Punk just exploded, right? You, that, was, that was like the big one that everyone just kind of was like, really, guys? Um, 
they bungled the end of the anonymous GM storyline and it was like, ah, it's Hornswoggle who's under the ring. Um, yeah. the, we never found out who was Imposter Kane. Uh, we never found out who Adam Rose's bunny was. Um, what else? I'm we never found. We never found out. That. We never found out who was behind GTV when it was obviously Gold Dust, but they just kind of were like, let it drop. We never found out what Shelton Benjamin was thinking about. Um, there's so many. There's so many drop storylines. There's so many drop storylines over the year. We never found out what was in Shane's briefcase that he was blackmailing Mr. McMahon with. Um, what I could list off a ton of them. Like, <laughs> as much as it was loathed, and as much as Cody hated the part, um, I. You know, there was part of me that said they could have done something interesting. Oh with God, you you could have done so much with Stardust, the Goldust Stardust thing. Oh, what the, the fact like, that some they of the did... promos that he was cutting were pretty imaginative, and some some you know some unique stuff in there. The and... whole reason we had Cody and Dustin at all at all in all out all in double or nothing double, double or nothing double or nothing a double or nothing. The whole reason we had Cody versus Dustin double or nothing was to prove that they could draw that match because that's why they didn't get that match at WrestleMania. No one believed in WWE that that could draw. They even had Dusty alive at one point. They could have had a whole angle with Cody and Dustin and Dusty, and they started that up. And they just didn't do it. Didn't do anything with it. Because they didn't think there was fan interest for it. And that's why Cody and Dustin were still pissed about that. And that's why they went ahead. Uh, bring Stephen Amell in and have him screw around with, with Stardust for uh, yeah. a segment. And then we'll go have a five star match in AEW. <laughs> ah. She also uh, goes on to say, or storylines that had a clear and simple direction that swerved for no reason that you wish had stayed the course. This question is pertaining to any promotion. So, yeah, it's it's along those lines. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think we covered that. Yeah. Yeah, we did. Um, Thank you, Esme. I'm That's trying, a good I'm one. To, it just, it, I don't I'm like to think to, about things like that because I've mostly pushed them to the back of my memory banks at this point because <laughs> they're, they're things that uh, I get hung up on some things like that if you guys haven't figured that out by now. <laughs> there are things that I wish yeah. had had seen the light of day uh, that have not, including my Cesaro. Cesaro was a was a Heyman guy for a second. Well, nothing, uh, happened, yeah. nothing happened with it. There's a ton. There's a ton of stuff where I mean I literally could sit here and just start brainstorming all of the things where I'm like, why didn't you do anything with that? You started that, you didn't finish it. What are you doing? <laughs> just let it. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Esme. Thanks for all the support. Glad you're Seriously. finding some local wrestling. Good stuff. Great question. Uh, next up, Billy has a two-parter, it looks like, here to close things out. He said, serious question time. Okay. Okay. <laughs> serious, serious hat. Serious yeah, hat. Got to get gotta get for serials. Uh, well, ser- what, if anything, do other wrestling fans do that kind of makes you embarrassed to be a fellow fan? Guilt by association, I guess. He says, personally, he feels horrible and embarrassed when I pop on Facebook or Twitter and see the constant cynicism or racism, sexism, homophobia, and bigotry, mm. I haven't seen it from the BW Army or the Phenomenal Ones, but I see it out there and it sickens me greatly. Can't echo that anymore. Agree. Yeah. I, that's, it's, we, it's we the actually, reason I stay off of Twitter in the wrestling context for the most part. It's the reason that we don't participate in a lot of the Twitter stuff. I, I'll post some things every now and then. But short of Ian calling out Jericho uh, for having douchebag Trump Jr. whatever is on on the on his podcast, uh, it, that's about the only really things. That yeah, and I done on, I paid for that. I paid oh yeah, <laughs> uh, but I, you know it, it's there's 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 not a lot positive that happens on. 
Twitter, unfortunately. It is what it is. I, I do a lot of it for I used to do a lot more for my tech job for that stuff, but uh, but that's not even that's not even that's not wrestling fandom. You know, no. I, I, a lot of the people that came for me had nothing to do with wrestling whatsoever. Um, that's just Twitter being it was toxic. all politics. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, and politics are toxic these days, too. And and I think a lot of people um, mistook what I was saying as something that was a political stance and it wasn't a political stance. Um, uh, but I'm not going to get that's not we're not a political show and I'm not going to get into that, which could be construed no. as political here on the show. We're talking about wrestling. And things that wrestling fans do that I can't stand, um, as you said, Billy, which are which is you're completely on, um, is there's this like toxic fandom and there's a possessiveness that they have about it. Uh, but this is this is the thing is it's not just wrestling. Toxic fandom I feel is anywhere you see in intense fan cultures, whether it's Star Trek, whether it's Star Wars, whether it's Game of Thrones, whether it's Pokemon, or whatever. You've got certain a certain element within any fandom where there's a I, I, I have a hard time wrapping my head around it, but I want to say that it's almost an entitlement to their uh, love to how they uh, love their their fan their their particular culture. So if it's the one I like, so it's obviously the best. The only and thing screw that my you view, if you don't like it exactly. Yeah. So if if it's not my way, it's just wrong. And that actually is something that's been exacerbated by social media and by 140 character culture where there's no nuance. There can be no, like, I kind of don't like this wrestler or um, that wasn't their best moment. It's just, they're terrible, I hate them, bah! right? It's It goes yeah. from zero, it's black and white, zero to 60. Um, and, uh, you know, one thing that I saw... I forget if it was on Wrestling Observer or where it was, was someone, or maybe it was PW Insider, was someone was talking about um, how wrestling fans suck in general. And it was either Wade Keller or Dave Meltzer who came back and said, no, actually, by and large, wrestling fans are really cool people. But man, the ones that aren't are really loud and obnoxious. And that's yeah, the that's case if you, go to, if you go to the shows, um, if you go on social media, you know, it's the uh, the the noisy minority um, that that really tend to ruin things. Whether it's the one guy a few rows behind you at the show who just can't shut up and is screaming loud, obnoxious things. Uh, you know, whether it's um, the person on Twitter who's just saying, like you said, like a whole, like has a whole misspelled rant, uh, calling someone you know some poor wrestler the N word. Whether it, whatever it is. Right. Um, that's the stuff that makes us insane. And it's one of the reasons why for our Facebook discussion group, you know, we don't encourage um, lang like, you know, derogatory language. We don't encourage. We, we, we say, no, mark swear words. Try to keep swear words to a minimum. Even we yeah. want to keep it like a rational, uh, polite discourse, because that's really what we enjoy about it is having a rational, polite discourse about wrestling that's you know we're fans of this as well and our fandom doesn't come from some sort of base emotion it comes from being able to jo enjoy it on all levels for both the love emotionally of the game and is really what it comes down to yeah but also being able to you know we we like to parse what we're seeing with our thoughts as opposed to just let it emotionally activate us um so it's you know i 
Yeah, and, and obviously we're going to have to put up some sort of rules uh, soon because we've had some people question whether, you know, what well, what exactly are the rules? What are the boundaries? And we're going to put something up there soon to say, like, this is, you know, along with the spoilers and everything else. But some rules in the, in the Facebook discussion group um, as far as code of conduct. Uh, because there is that element out there, and we don't we don't want that to yeah. invade um, the phenomenal ones and invade the Facebook discussion group and the Discord server, uh, or even YouTube, because it we don't feel there's, there's a you know it, it it's out there we know it's out there but there's just if we can control uh, where it is then we're going to yep so totally. there's no place for it. Uh, I ha- also I- also also what chance screw what chance. <laughs> I still laugh at them. I still, I, they still make me laugh. Only for uh, Stone but, Cold. It, but it's time for them to die. Oh, totally. Yeah, nobody else needs to what chant anybody else except Stone Cold because he's the only one that can do it properly with the right energy. Um, so the, the actual question was, what do wrestling fans do that makes you kind of embarrassed to be a fellow fan? It's f- More recently, the one that's hit home for me is picking a side. And if you're a fan of wrestling, you're a fan of wrestling. Nobody's a fan of WWE. Nobody's a fan of AEW and screw everything else. We're wrestling fans. We should be fans of our local promotions all the way up through the top top things going on. And I don't like this, I think AEW's better and NXT sucks. Right. Why, have to, why do you have to revel in the fact that we have both? You can say, I like AEW better and WWE's not my thing. You know what I mean? That's a that I think is a much more re- mature response to it, and I think that that level of maturity is something that um, should be more there in wrestling discourse. I actually saw Joey Ryan post a, a a tweet today where he said that any kind of discourse that divides the wrestling community and pits one side against the other um, is not helping the industry. You should no. just be you know looking to build up people in the industry because that's the only way it's going to grow. Like if you don't like something, don't watch it. Don't engage we, with it. We even um, say things on on here sometimes that I go back and listen to, and I go, "Oh God!" We should, like some of the we we talk down to Ring of Honor every now and then, and I'm just like, "Oh God!" We, yeah, I've, I've questioned whether we should have even said that, but we're just being real. Like we're that's really what it comes out to. And we're not even making derogatory, you know, direct comments about any of the superstars or the company in general. It's just we're we're calling out the and we're noticing that the attendance is down and things like that. So sure. I even question us doing some of that because it doesn't do any good for the business, and it, it behooves us to have more companies. Competition is always a good thing for the consumer, and we are the consumers uh, of wrestling products out there. It's great that we don't just have WWE everywhere. And the, the sooner people recognize that, that they're, having both is a good thing. Absolutely. Imagine if all you had was Ford. Look how, look how on fire Everybody NXT only drove Ford cars. NXT was good before AEW. Now it's, like, amazing. <laughs> like, it really has helped it get better. Um, and I can only hope that eventually that's going to translate to the main roster um, if they start feeling like they're in trouble. And here's the thing, Nick, and... I know you feel the same way. I genuinely want the main roster to succeed and be good. And, yeah. you know, when just just like, and and I, I know I said I wasn't going to talk about it, but I'm going to talk about it anyway. Just like I hope that Jericho succeeds and does well, even though I don't agree with some of the things he does for his podcast, the same way I don't agree that WWE should be in Saudi Arabia. And I, I lose respect for them for going over there and taking that money. I lose respect for Jericho, you know, choosing someone who I don't think should get a platform on his show, but uh, who doesn't need that platform. Um, but 
at the same time, you know, I still am a fan of WWE and want them to be better. I, if people say, hey, man, it's not my thing, I totally get it because I watch it every week. And trust me, like, it's sometimes it is hard to watch. Sometimes it's not something that I want to watch. But at the same time, I want them to be better. I'm a fan of wrestling, all wrestling. And that's something that I, that's a viewpoint that I really, we both espouse on this show, Nick, and I really want to see get out there a lot more. And if people are stuck in the mindset of tribalism where it's like, no, it's my team versus the other team and there can be no middle ground and I can't see the other side, um, that's part of a general malaise yeah. with particularly American society these days, but also society in general. I don't want to get too deep and too heavy here, but like that is, that's something that I think culturally we can shift just by trying to have rational discourse and uh, seeing this, the side of other people, uh, seeing through other people's eyes, as opposed to just being stuck in our own worldview. So, yeah. it's, it's What's my golden rule? I don't you know. You guys what know what it by now. What is don't it? be a dick. Oh. <laughs> I didn't know I, that. I'm serious. It I works. Broke, I broke that like twice today on the show. Yeah. To you. S- seriously, ask yourself before you hit submit on that tweet or that Facebook post, are you being a dick? Don't be a dick. That's really, it's just it, for anything. You know, when, when you walk past somebody or you're going to say something to somebody, it, am, I, am I being a dick? Don't be a dick. Mm. It, it's, life is so much simpler that way. Right. Uh, you know, it's, I, I think that it's, yeah. Okay. I'll leave it at that. That's a good golden rule. Yeah. Uh, oh, Billy asked one more thing. Not so serious question time. What oh, good. Wrestling we, were getting, pers- we were getting damn serious too. Yeah. What wrestling <gasps> personality, past or present, would you like to join you in a weekend at Bernie's situation? Uh, weekend at Bernie's situation. Like he's dead? Like, do we want a, oh God, I'm scared to touch this one. What is, uh, so, <laughs> Billy, if you're in the chat, help me clarify here. <laughs> All right, wait, wait. Like, wait, are we, do what, what dead wrestler Nick, do Nick Ian and, and I want to run around with for yeah, a weekend Nick and, and I pretend are they're run. alive? <laughs> We've got Ultimate Warrior's corpse between us. We're trying to make him shake the ropes. Oh, no. <laughs> We're like injecting him with steroids so that people don't think that anything's wrong or different. Uh, oh, my goodness, no. Yeah, this this is this is oh no! I see that you can't do that because my mind just went to so many dark places. Yeah, so quickly. I just came off my horror month. I'm I'm thinking of all these Benoit jokes that I really shouldn't make. You're like, no, no, please, Billy, if you're there, clarify, clarify before I say something I shouldn't. Yeah, would you like? Who would you? What wrestling? Or is this like just a go and party with someone on a weekend? If it, uh, Ric Flair, easily. Well, yeah. Oh, Jesus, we wouldn't survive. No, that's do you do I mean, you I'm, want to die? I, I mean, I might. You wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't what? You wouldn't survive. Oh no, I would not survive. Yeah, I, I, can't, I, I can't make it through a night at your bar. I know. You can't keep up with me at my bar, let alone with Ric Flair. Yeah. Woo! Um. Yeah. Who, I, I uh, don't know. Who would who do we want to party with? My mine would be Rick. Like if I'm going out. Yeah. Uh, he said, "Edit. They don't have to be dead." Okay. 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 <laughs> Woo! Okay. All right. That I didn't know if we were going to be like puppeteering <laughs> somebody around. <laughs> that would really suck if it was Andre. Oh, man. As we uh, said, party with Big Papa Pump. No, he would just try and. Oh, like, God, no. Uh, no. Oh, no. I would end up no. in chain mail and doing math, and it's not fun. Oh, no. Yeah. There'd be way too many steroids being taken, <laughs> way too many Ooh. anabolic steroids and human growth hormones and 
And like you said, like you know, he wouldn't tip because he couldn't do the math. Oh, but uh, and oh yeah, no, oh Big Papa Pump would be a very, very scary, scary, scary weekend. Also, I um, mean, also you know that guy doesn't apply. Like bro code does not apply to that guy. No. He'd be the worst wingman ever. Yeah, he say he says so in every one of his promos. He's gonna steal your girl. He says so. I'm not going anywhere with Big Papa Pump. Uh-uh. What wrestling personality, past or present, would you like to join you for a, a weekend party? <sighs> See, even Flair. Flair scares me. Flair scares me. Flair um, was backstage three weeks ago with Post Malone doing shots. Of course. Because he's Ric Flair. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> um, I mean, it would be it definitely would be a weekend you'd never forget. I'll give you I, that. I don't know if I'd survive it, much less forget it. I'd have to I'd go in going, having all my affairs in order. <laughs> Piper, maybe? Piper would be a wild weekend. Ooh, be uh, that would be, that'd be, that'd be crazy. Oh, him smashing beer bottles on his head. Um, mm. another, another one where you might go to jail if you have a weekend with Piper. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, I've heard Undertaker's pretty cool to go out with. I've heard he's like one of those dudes that takes care of his boys when you, when you go out party with him. You know what I'll um, say? Um, I've seen some of the episodes of Ride Along with Braun Strowman. And I'll say, for my markdom aside, he seems like a really fun dude because all he wants to do is like go to Wendy's and order $100 worth say, of food. Eat, and, eat meat and shoot guns. And Yeah, exactly. And then he, <laughs> he said he has an app of some sort where he yes. takes dumps. And he puts pins in the map of everywhere he's taken. Like that kind of that twelve-year-old humor of mine. Plus, he's a Carolina boy, and you know, he and I would just rap and get along fine. I, I think it'd be a lot of fun. But yeah, eating fast food and doing twelve-year-old shit like putting pins on a map of where you've pooped. Like, that it, just that resonates with me so much. Yes, incidentally, uh, there is. It's actually an, an app to show where sewer lines are clogged, and uh, nothing to do with actually. <laughs> He's not it's a anything. warning system for the city works uh, yeah. to come in and prepare their pipeline. He just pulls up the app where sewer lines have gotten clogged, and he's just like, those were all me. Uh, it's easy. He doesn't have to pin anything. He's just like, I went to a <laughs> Wendy's. <laughs> I crapped out the last hundred burgers or eight, and look what happened. Oh, man. He got sewer lines overflowing for two-mile radius. All right, I'll, I'll forego Ric Flair because that's the obvious choice. I'll say Braun Strowman. I'd love to hang out with Braun Strowman for a weekend. Shoot some guns, eat some fast food, pin on a map where you poop. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds awesome. That sounds awful. Oh, that sounds like a good time. Jesus, you would. You would. I don't know. I'd I'd, I'd want to party with Okada, dude. That guy knows how to to have a good time, too. I bet. Sock sock in, in and out, baby. Sock in, in and out. Oh, man. Well, guys, thank you very much for being amazing patrons. Sending but those wait, questions Nick, there's into- more. Oh, we oh. had we had one more coming at the very last second from oh. Josh Logan. Oh, okay. Josh Logan snuck one at the very last second. Uh, he said, hey, guys, can you recommend any must-see death matches? I guess after watching that Kenny Omega and uh, John Mossy match, got his, uh, got, he, got, he got his appetite for blood up. Um, so... Nick, I'm going to assume you have not seen a lot of death matches in your time. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, anything with Nick Cage or Sanjay or anybody. Uh, go watch that video I put up in Facebook of the medley of best of CZW from the early 2000s. Yep. I, I, you're not, anything with you always, light tubes you and a weed, weed eater. Yeah. You called yeah. back on um, uh, Hell of War from Neutral Underground a lot. That, that is the absolute must-watch death match 
by or far. Seto Miedo with uh, Pentagon Junior and Vampiro was is, a sick one yep. from season one. The um, end of season one, absolutely. Right these days, I think the best one that I've seen recently was um, from Big Japan Pro Wrestling. Last year it was uh, Takata Kodaka from uh, Takata versus Kodaka, Sami Kodaka um, from last year. That was a really good one. Look for anything with Jun Kasai in it, really, too. Um, trying to think of other ones. I mean, you can always go back to, you know, what, King of Deathmatch 95, Terry Funk, and, and, and uh, Cactus Jack. Um, trying to think. There was a... There's, um, Necro Butcher was like my go-to guy for a while. Him and Tony Klein from uh, King of the Deathmatch 2004 was really good. Um, the Piranha Deathmatch. The, the, the Piranha Deathmatch was really great. I'm trying to remember the details of that one. Just Google Piranha Deathmatch and you'll okay. see what I'm talking about. Piranha Deathmatch. I can't right. wait. That's, that's right up my alley. I love that. Um, and then... Uh, the guy who I've always kind of considered my king of the death match, and, and I mentioned him on the AEW show where we were talking about it. Like the guy who I thought was, um, I, I kind of feel is like, he's the guy that Moxley's taken a lot of his shit from. Uh, and that's Atsushi Oneida. Onida, excuse me. Atsushi, Onida, Atsushi yeah, Onida. you did bring him up. Yeah, yeah. Um, him versus Hayabusa in the exploding cage match. Again, Google it, it's out there. Uh, or just Google best. Onita entrance. Be- I'll go to go to YouTube. Best Onita entrance, and you will see one of the greatest entrances of all time. That guy is—he just exudes cool. But he's also been in some of the most brutal death matches I've ever seen. But uh, Onita Hayabusa is probably one of his best ones. Um, and then, oh, I can't forget ECW Axel Rotten versus Ian Rotten Taipei death match. Mm. That's a really good one too. Yes. Um. Yeah, and just look at Big Japan Pro Wrestling has a ton of great death matches. That's 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 usually where I go for Japanese death matches. So, yeah, to answer your, to answer your question, there's there's a whole bunch of material. Maybe we'll post some links in the Facebook discussion group as well to get you get you going there. I think I'm uh, excited that people have an appetite for this again. Twenty years later, you know, I, I'm, I'm we haven't really seen a lot of it. Probably the, since the the fall of CZW in the mid 2000s. The problem is is that. It's really like it's hard to make these matches good. Like there's so much crap death matches out there that are just stunt shows and and bloodbaths that when you get a good death match, you re- like you really see the difference. You go, oh, that's how they're supposed to be. Um, and yeah, so it's I think that I think one of the reasons why they did die was that there was just so much garbage wrestling, which is you know just a bunch of people get a whole bunch of props and have a whole bunch of spots as opposed to actually having some psychology or a story that they're telling. You know what I mean? And that's when it's gore for gore's sake, it's not a good match. It's not good wrestling. But if you're actually out there telling a story, uh, it's the difference between torture porn and a horror movie, right? Right. So good horror movie and and torture porn. It's it's a subtle difference, but it's there. But it's there. (laughs) It's the difference between a horror movie and a hostel. Yeah. I would argue Billy, host- Billy's, Billy's in the something. chat right now trying to make me corpse, and, and it's, it's working. So <laughs> I just had to let it out. He's saying that Strowman has a new, new phrase where he's, this toilet is going to get these turds. It's the big clog. It's the big clog. <laughs> oh, my God. That's good stuff. 
Oh. oh man! All right. Well, thank you, Josh, for sneaking that one in. Definitely. Uh, it's too check bad out Braun Strowman's C- name begins with B. So they are they going to change his name? Like they did Chad Gable dirty. Are they going to change Braun Strowman to Shitty B? Oh God! All right. I'm sure. I hope he's listening. He'll get a. And on that note, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would say Google anything best of CD best moments of CZW throughout the 2000s. You'll find. So many light tubes were broken in in the 2000s in CDW. I don't know how many uh, fluorescent light bulbs were put to waste, or I should say, put to very good use in CZW. That that the light tubes was always my weakness. A guy getting falcon arrowed off the top of a rider truck into a structure of light tube bundles is one of my just just that's just that's Nick on a plate right there. That's just exactly what I want. It reminded me, that. actually, uh, uh, locally, they had a brutal one, PWG uh, 11, uh, Guerrilla Warfare, uh, with Candice LeRae and Joey Ryan versus the Young Bucks. That's the one where Candice LeRae got the crimson mask because she got kicked in the face with a boot oh. with thumbtacks sticking out the bottom. Ooh. So, Speaking of thumbtacks, when you see a bald guy wrestling and he's got uh, his head's just covered with thumbtacks because <laughs> they pinned into him. Yeah. Was it? Didn't CZW have like a? Um, didn't CZW have a, a? It was like a Cage of Death versus Ring of Honor. It was like CZW versus Ring of Honor, Cage of Death, something like that. I don't, re- I don't remember. I'd have to go remember, look it up. Remember being pretty nuts. Anyway, yeah. I don't so, remember anything with Ring of Honor. There's just too much in my noggin. Well, patrons, thank you very much for always getting these questions in. They always make for a fun, lively show, and we love that we're doing this in a new patron mailbag series just for you guys and for everybody else to listen to out there, Uh, whether you're listening on a podcast app of your choice or right here on YouTube at youtube.com slash open. Thanks for always keeping the chat lively as well. (laughs) Thank you, Billy, for making me me laugh like my inner 12-year-old just bubbled out. Thank you very much for that. Uh, if you all want to come in and join this, you got to get in on the Patreon. So patreon.com slash BWO. Make sure you sign up for that, at least the $5 tier to be able to get your questions in every single week, as well as get access to the show notes for every episode that we do, every other episode that we do. Uh, and you know, bonus episodes at the $10 tier, sweet swag, all kinds of good stuff. Skype calls with myself and Sir Ian Dangerous. All kinds of good stuff at patreon.com slash BWO. But thank you guys for always getting your questions in. It's the reason we have this show altogether, or this series, the Patron Mailbag series. You can also head over to Facebook, find us over there, search for Busted Wide Open, like our page, and send us a join request to get into the group where you'll find a link to our Discord server. It's the new up-and-coming wrestling community where we have live chats going all throughout the week for every wrestling show and promotion out there, as well as dedicated channels for live chat during every pay-per-view. So sort of watch-alongs, and we're hoping to evolve that as time goes and the Discord server grows. So thank you guys for jumping in there. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at BWO Podcast and streaming live right here on YouTube.com slash Busted Wide Open every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern and every Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern, covering all promotions across the, the world world of wrestling, the landscape of wrestling, as we always do. But my name is Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at Data Center Dude. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Sir Ian Dangerous. But by God, would somebody stop the damn match? This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.